Welcome to Small, Medium, Large Hoops Podcast, where you hear all things college hoops from a player's perspective. Here are your hosts, the coach on the court, Luke Collins, the stat sheet stuffer, Drew Miller, and you want to fight, bro, Ryan Van Hook. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Nice to have you. If you haven't seen episode one, go back, watch it. We had some good stuff. Find us on Twitter, SML Hoops. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Give us some feedback, only if it's positive. Unless it's negative about Ryan. You can say all the negative stuff about Ryan you want. Uh, we love hearing that stuff. Love it. But yeah, it but we had a, me. <laughs> we had a great one last week, or I guess it was two weeks ago now. There's been some time, a lot of games. We... we are excited to look back at the beginning of the season, look at our projections last week, which unfortunately, Ryan was the best at picking games. But that's another thing. By the end of the year, he's going to be having some consequences because that's not going to last. Uh, we got a good one for you today. We're going to look back at the beginning of the season, like I mentioned. But we're going to look at it. You know, What would we like to change about it? What would make it more exciting? What's going to bring more fans to it? And then we're going to kind of broaden it up. We'll look at the whole season. But what about college basketball would you like to change? Do we think would bring more fans, make it more exciting? We're going to look back at the beginning of the season, what teams were impressive, disappointment, look at some players that we really like, make some projections of marquee matchups moving forward. We've got some good ones coming up in the next two weeks. And then our favorite segment, the Marshall Henderson Squid of the Week. Yes. It's going to be a good one. We're excited about today. Uh, so to kind of bring us to our first topic, uh, the beginning of the season, what we'd like to change. What if we if we were in control of college basketball, if it was ours, what would we change? What would bring more fans to it? So we're going to open it up with Luke Collins, the coach on the court. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. So obviously, as hoop junkies, you know we we love all these these tournaments and, and love watching these games. Um, but for the average sports fan that maybe likes football just as much as basketball. Um, it can be tough. I think college football, you know, rivalry week is right around the corner here, um, peak of conference season, uh, and you got the NFL right in the, in the middle of its season. And in basketball is really, you know, a good bit behind those for just for the average fan. There's a lot more football fans. So trying to attract those fans, I think it's tough at this this time of the year. Uh, you know, Coach Cal has, uh, you know, made some some crazy suggestions maybe move the conference tournament up to the, the beginning of the season to really get fans excited there, uh, which is interesting. Um, or maybe even play some games in August, which would uh, really be interesting. And I, I don't know how that would work, with, especially with freshman-loaded uh, teams having ba- basically no practice time. But one thing that really interests me is making basketball uh, a spring semester sport only. Right now it's you know covering both semesters. And as we know, I mean, for the players even, uh, I think – uh, you know, you don't get Thanksgiving or Christmas. You know, you maybe go home for a day or two for Christmas as, you know, we, I think we were at home for one Thanksgiving in our four years. And so for the players, I think from that aspect, it'd be nice to get Thanksgiving, but also for the fans, you know, you finish up football and it's a lot easier for basketball to compete against baseball than it is for it to compete against football. Um, so I think it'd be interesting, maybe right after Christmas uh, time you're starting up, but you're you're allowing these you know teams that are relying on freshmen as you know freshmen the game has changed and freshmen you know are the face of the game now. So you allow that whole fall semester to be kind of a training camp um, for these freshmen. The product will be a lot better. You also maybe allow three or four exhibitions so they get some more game experience. Right now there's you know two exhibitions are allowed, 
and then these guys are playing. And so I think you've seen a, some really close games, but it's also some some really sloppy sloppy games. The freshmen have really been fouling a lot. Um, you've seen a lot of turnovers as well. So I think it would improve the the you know the the level of play, the quality of play. Um, and so the fans would be more apt to watch, and also just football being done, or at least finishing up in the NFL, uh, would kind of create um, a gap, and fans may want to watch more. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think an interesting point of that, as far as moving it to the spring semester, especially talking about freshmen, I think we underestimate how big of a transition it is from high school to college, even for these guys that you know we would say they could jump straight to the NBA. You know, thing guys like Lemie. Malik Monk or, you know, DeAndre Fox. I mean, we could go down a list of Josh Jackson, these guys that we think could probably make a jump to the NBA. It's still a huge transition into college physically. I think to give them a full semester before we saw them on TV, I think that would, uh, you know, be huge for them and especially us yeah. as fans. Yeah, I, mean, it, I, I think it would make yeah, a big you difference. Saw, you know, we've seen Miles Bridges, and Miles was unbelievable, and he's going to be a great player. But then we saw him in that second game, you know, and he wasn't – you know, he's what, two for 12 and um, just against Kentucky. Um, and just, you know, th- he would be a lot more consistent if you give him a whole semester to practice. You know, Josh Jackson has played really well, but it's still very raw. So I think you're right on there, Drew. Just that extra semester would really clean up the game and really polish those guys' play. Yeah, I really think so. Ryan, what, what do you think about this beginning of the season? What, what would you change? What would make it more exciting for you as a fan? I don't – that's, I mean, again, that's kind of a tough question to answer. I don't know necessarily what I would change, but in my opinion, I think the preseason, these these classics, these tournaments, the you know the the games in the Bahamas, the Armed Forces classics that they had you know over in Hawaii, I think those need to kind of go through. I guess, for lack of a better term, a rebranding. I guess because. I mean, I know we were talking about this when you when when you watch these games on TV, when you see them on ESPN. Like, they're great games. I mean, the, these these first few classics, we you know top ten matchups, top twenty five matchups going on, and and the the stadiums are are fairly empty, not a whole lot of fans in the stadium. You know, I'm not I, I don't know the ratings for these, but they just don't seem to be getting as much hype as I feel like they should be. There's, I mean, I don't I don't know how they could change that maybe you know bigger arenas here in the united states um doing doing it in football stadiums doing it you know outdoors something like that something to kind of spice it up still but still trying to attract that fan base that crowd those tv ratings get the but still keep the the top 10 matchups coming the the you know the, the the big teams playing one another to start the season and, and kind of get everybody excited for what's yeah I, I think yeah I agree right. go ahead Drew go ahead Luke um, I think I think <laughs> it's interesting like the classic games I think were really good because you had you know two games and they weren't a tournament so you weren't having to play games at at one thirty in the afternoon I think that's the the problem with you know Maui um, yeah. you know is Maui's great but the games you know the first couple games like Oregon was playing. The last couple of days, you know, at, at noon or one thirty, you know, and so it's it's hard for people to watch. And Oregon was a top, like I think they were sixth preseason, maybe. So I mean, that's a big time team, you know, playing in the middle of the day. So I think those classic games were nice because you were seeing those at six and eight p.m. prime time yeah. with top teams. So it's interesting. Tournaments are fun. It's it's hard to get the big teams to play one another. So especially this early. So that's a challenge, I think. There. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think bringing it stateside would be 
the first stuff. I think that's huge. I would love to see you know California kind of reference the call it, or the uh, conference tournaments early in the season. I would love to see like a preview to that. Maybe do a conference tournament at the beginning. Maybe have it abbreviated in some way. I think that would be a lot of fun, especially when we talk about the big conferences like the ACC and the Big Ten. These teams that have you know a lot of new faces, kind of a lot of turnover. I would love to see you know the North Carolina Duke here early in November as they're just trying to figure it out so early in the season. You know they're not the March team that we're going to see. I would love to see that. But part of it, it's such a hard thing. You know, these guys, these teams schedule three, four, five years in advance. They have these agreements with teams that, you know, you come here, we'll come there. So it makes it really hard as far as scheduling for them. You know, they'll leave a couple of non-conference opens to last minute and take a, a D3, D2 team. Um, but as far as... You know, these top 10 matchups, those are kind of predetermined way in advance. Some of it's the luck of the draw. How'd you do last year? Where are you pre-ranked? Right. But it, it's not, you know, two weeks until the tournament and, oh, you guys are going to be really good this year. Let's play each other. It's just not possible. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's tough. All right. So what, so what are some other changes maybe we want to see? Maybe some smaller things. Um, I know, you know, the hot thing and the thing that's pretty much everyone thinks that is going to be changed is – you know, moving to quarters versus halves. Um, I know yeah. pretty much every other level of basketball is using that. So what do you think about that, Drew? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty passionate about this one for a couple of reasons. First, you're right. No other level of basketball plays halves. It's only college basketball, only college men basketball. And, and I think we need to move away from it. Just four quarters to four 10-minute quarters, same time of the game start to finish. But break it up, and the reason being is – and that's the next step is to reset the fouls every quarter, just right. like the NBA does. You know, especially when we look at the beginning of the season. Another thing to change is, while yes, it's brand new faces for college basketball for players, it's also the start of the season for referees, and they're adjusting to the game. There's new emphasis every year, and they're adjusting. And so what we end up seeing is a free throw contest between teams because there's so many fouls called. Mm -hmm. It makes it really tough to watch. You know, we watch some of these marquee matchups and teams get in foul trouble. And for the first 20 minutes, not only do you not get to watch the best players because they're in foul trouble, but you're also watching free throws the whole whole first half. So if we move to quarters and reset the fouls, you know, maybe a couple of players get in foul trouble. But come second quarter, it resets, and we get to actually watch the basketball. We get to watch them go up and down. It gets so monotonous, so boring, and it just drives people away from college basketball because you feel like you're on the free throw line the whole game. And and if we could move away from that, get more points, get more excitement, get up and down, I think it would draw more people to it. How do you feel about six personal fouls? Some people are clamoring for that. There's a lot less consensus there. How do you feel about that, Drew? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not as big a fan of that. I think that's kind of a bailout as far as, you know, there's a lot of fouls being called, so let's give these guys six. I'm not as much of a fan of that. I think they need to adjust the game yeah. some. But at the end of the day, I feel like even adjusting the game has penalized them. They're almost a double penalty as far as there's both number of fouls for the players and also free yeah. throws. I, I think it's yeah, just I kind agree. of a double penalty. Ryan, is there anything? Is there I, any little changes that, that you would like to see? Well... I don't know. Just with what I'm thinking, I kind of, I kind of like the six personal fouls. Wow. I mean, 
I'm, foul I'm the right? big slow. I'm the big slow post player. I know a thing or two about fouling, so Amen. I don't know. I think true I that. Think, I, think, I think I think that would change the dynamic. I mean, it it is kind of it's something small in my opinion, but then again, it can make a big impact. Um, I mean, this this gives them more playing time. I mean, like Drew was saying, it does help with keeping the big name players out on the court more. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, you 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 can get you can get two fouls in the first ten minutes and stay out a couple minutes and you still got one more to spare in my opinion and then you got three the next right. half. I mean I think I think that changes things that yeah. would you know keep that would keep it from being a free throw contest like Drew was saying, just in a different aspect yeah. of things by giving giving the players another Yeah, I think it's time. interesting. I think you want to see the best players on the on the floor and you know there's so many freshmen that they're getting in foul trouble. But I'm with Drew. I'm kind of a, a purist in the sense that I think that's part of the game is you've got to learn how to be smarter than that. Uh, that's where I stand on it. I think stay with five, but I definitely see, you know, you do want to see um, the best players on the floor, and, and you're seeing so many foul calls now that, you know, there's a lot of people that do agree with you, Ryan, that, you know, six six fouls is where we should go. Um, so one random little thing that peeves me is – Coaches wearing suits. Why do basketball coaches <laughs> at every level wear suits and ties to every game? I mean, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> We're not in the banking industry. Um, there's a reason they're coaches, and they wear sweatpants and T-shirts, you know, 22 hours of every day, and then two hours they throw on a suit. It just makes no sense. Um you know they're they're sweating, they're running up and down, they're jumping around like fools on the sidelines, and they're wearing suits. Who, who and, is it that? Would you rather have Bob Bob Huggins? Uh, yes. With a jumpsuit. <laughs> he doesn't look good <laughs> really? in it, but I, I I don't know. I, I like some nice slacks and a dry fit polo. No Hawaiian shirts. Well, shout but, out to shout out to Bruce Pearl, your boy, hey, sweating through jackets on hey, jackets on the he, sideline. He's been going with a. No I'd rather have. So. I'd rather have I'd rather have Jay Wright than I would Bob I mean, Huggins. I love the suit. I love the pinstripes. Look good. You play I mean, good. Jay so Wright's clean. gonna look better in anything than Bob Huggins is. So that's true. It's a good throw, looking dude right there. Throw him out there in the vacation shirts, like you said. Every every game's in Maui. No matter where you're playing, every game's in Maui. <laughs> oh man. Um, so another thing that's being a few people want, and, and I don't I don't agree with is defensive three seconds. Drew, how do you feel about you know the, the NBA game has defensive three seconds? How do you feel about that going to college? I'm not as much of a fan of it, you know. I'm sure the big slow posts that are so dumb they can't get out of the lane, like Ryan, are going to be against it because they can't get out of the lane. But no, I'm kind of on their side on this. I, I don't think they should have to get out of the lane. I'm not a huge fan of zones, yes, but I think it's something that has to be overcome. I think that it's one thing in the NBA: the court's wider. Um, there, you know, there's more skill across the court. But I think at college it gives defense a an advantage. It does, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I like the defensive game of college. You know, for the everyday fan that likes to look run and gun a lot of points, it would be in their benefit to have the three second rule to where uh, you can't be in that lane because it's going to generate more points. It's going to generate uh, more space on the court. But for someone that you know, as the three of us played college basketball, a very very slow game where we pack the paint, we don't like to watch that. We want to see great defense. We want to see uh, a low amount of points, unlike they're currently playing. But that's a whole other story. We want to we want to watch and enjoy the defensive side of the, of the court. 
and and I, I I'm not a, I'm not for the three second call for a college yeah, basketball. I'm like you. Yeah, I don't like zone. Um, so I would like it in that respect. But I but zone's been around for so long. I don't. I just don't think you can make that drastic of a change. It's not just like you know making quarters. It's it's a huge change to the game. And I like the defensive aspect. That's what creates parity in basketball because if we take out the defensive three seconds. You're basically going to let the best offensive team win every night, and you're going to see a far less parity. Um, it's going to become more like the women's game where the the top teams are always dominating, and you're, and you're not going to see quite as many upsets. So I, I think the defensive three seconds adds a big variable. It makes you know the biggest athletes can't just win by driving to the paint every time. You've got to have jump shooters that can hit shots from the outside. Um, so I think that's important. Um, I agree. I agree. If you add one more thing to the post players list of things we have to think about, our heads might explode. So <laughs> Amen. I agree. Amen. Uh, going forward from that, I think we should transition to our next topic now. Um, so we've seen a lot um, the past two weeks. It's been really exciting. We made a lot of you know in- incorrect predictions um, on the season. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Um, except whoa, for Ryan. Whoa. Ryan picked whoa. some good games, but he did pick uh, UNC. Let's let's remember this more than his two games picked correctly <laughs> is that he he thinks UNC won't make the tournament. That was a bold prediction. We got um, a, we got a long but season. I did. I will admit that uh, <laughs> I, I said Indiana would be that team. Um, and I will say why we are recording this, they're trailing IPFW in the second half. So, um, But, no, they've looked very good. They've been very impressive and proved me wrong. Um, that's probably why they played so well. They, they wanted to prove me wrong. Um, <laughs> they heard the podcast. But uh, they looked really good against Kansas, against a really good Kansas team in that Armed Forces tip-off. Um, kind of your top thoughts, Drew or, or Ryan, from the Armed Forces Classic Games or Champions Classic, maybe one or two quick Quick thoughts before we get into our most impressive players. I thought the arm the armed forces games I thought were were great. Um, I mean, like, first of all, the first aspect, like you said, Luke, for you know it was primetime TV, six and eight o'clock games, Central Time, perfect timing, Friday night, great great time to sit and watch basketball. Um, I thought they were both great games. Um, you know, one overtime game and one. Uh, you know, last last second shot game. So I was I was impressed with those. So those are my those. That's my quick quick thoughts on those games. Yeah, I thought they were a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, both games were a lot of fun. Um, couldn't really ask for a better kickoff to the basketball season. Yeah. Um, some some great teams, some upsets. Obviously, me and Luke didn't pick it correctly. Uh, we kind of went with uh, we went with Michigan State. We went with, was it Kansas? Yeah. And uh, both both some barn burners, a lot of fun. Like I said, couldn't ask for a better kickoff to the, to the basketball season yeah, for college I thought, basketball. I thought Miles Bridges looked unbelievable that night, and like I said, he played poorly uh, against Kentucky, which is what freshmen do playing consistently. But he was unbelievable. He has so much potential. That's what I took away from that night. Great basketball, great night for Dude, basketball. Yeah. Dude is so athletic; it's unreal. He is and, such an athlete. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. My first thought when I saw him was was Michael Beasley at Kansas State. I don't know if you all see that. Do you all see that in him a little bit? I saw the Michael Beasley a little bit. Playing above the rim. Yeah, and just yeah. skilled too, though. I mean, he, he, he shot a few too many jumpers, which Beasley did in his day. But just really, I mean, he really dominated that game, I thought, for stretches and uh, really explosive and just really took over. So, you know, just I thought he looked a little bit like I was him. very surprised with Arizona. 
I was very surprised with Arizona. They were my team that I picked that would make the dance. Uh, I think they stepped up with you know injuries and academic probation. I thought they they came and they impressed. Um, now Michigan yeah. State's kind of uh, been suspect thus far, but they've had some tough games and they've got young players. They're going to be good in the long run. But uh, I thought Arizona really impressed that night. You better you better believe Tom Izzo is going to whip them boys into shape too. He, <laughs> he ain't he ain't going away lightly. So it's it's going to be a good season for Michigan State. I feel like they're just off to a slow start. Yeah, I mean they they had a little help from the clock the other night. Uh, I don't know if. Y'all saw that the clock operator didn't – they were up one and, you know, he didn't start the game uh, or the clock on time there for the last two seconds. And they got – or he started it too early, I should say. He started it as soon as uh, Florida Gulf Coast threw it full court. But uh, they survived. Uh, they, they moved to two and two. Uh, it, it does get harder before it gets easier for them. They play, you know, a tough uh, tournament coming up here, and then they play at Duke. So it's going to be a tough, tough season for them. But, you know, we all believe in Izzo, so – um, it'll oh, yeah. be interesting. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's move into most impressive player you've seen this far. We'll start with Drew. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll start this one off. If you listen to episode one, you'll hear me talk about Frank Mason, how much I love him. You know, we talk about freshmen versus your seniors. At a, go back and quote me on this. I said, if I could have five Frank Masons, I'd take him every day of the week. <laughs> and. He has not disappointed. He's averaging over 22 points a game, over five assists, right at five and a half assists. His assist turnover ratio is at 2.2, and he's four rebounds a game. Not only that, but he is the definition of clutch. He has been so clutch, um, and I love him. I love, absolutely love him. Yeah, I I probably would have uh, picked Frank Mason as well. I think he's been probably the most impressive player. Just, you know, he's – had that huge win over Duke, played, you know, he was clutch against Indiana as well, played in huge games, and just played like a like a gritty senior that he is. Um, and, and really doesn't have any inside game, which we'll talk about more later. But, you know, they're really guard-heavy right now. Um, but he and Graham are playing really well. Frank Mason's been unbelievable. Um, Ryan, you want to go next? Who's your most impressive player? Yeah, and this kind of it feeds off what we were talking about with Arizona. Um this I, I started started right at, as soon as the Armed Forces Classic started. This guy caught my eye, Laurie McCarkinen. I don't even know how you say his last name, but we're gonna go with that. Um, freshman from Finland, the seven footer. Oh my goodness, this guy. He 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 reminds me a lot of a, a Porzingis type. Um, he's moving around the perimeter a lot. They're running a lot of pick and pops to him. He's catching it at the at the top of the key taking guys off the dribble, getting fouled, going to the free throw line. Um, he's averaging like 20 and 8 right now, which, which I mean, they've only played four games. We'll see where he goes from there, but he's he's off to a hot start. He is the best free throw shooter. He's got the best free throw shooting percentage, like around 95%. Um, and he's also leading the team with the best uh, three-point percentage. Um, wow. At seven feet, best three-pointer. Yeah. he He's just gotten off to a really hot start, in my opinion. I've, I'm, I'm going to be watching him all season. I want to see how he, you know, how his game evolves as the season moves on. Yeah, it was funny because you know I'm sitting there watching this game Friday at uh, Friday night, and uh, I texted Ryan and I was like, "Wow, he just came off a stagger, uh, and then came, caught it at the top, and they set a ball screen for a seven footer, um, and he came off in his first you know game, made a play." Uh, and got the ass- d- d- jump, drop down assist. Um, just a really impressive play. I mean, you s- very few seven foot. I mean, KD is probably the only seven footer that 
you know, they run that stuff for. So, I mean, he obviously – he's nothing yeah. like KD. But I, I saw – you know, when you said Porzingis, I, I thought a Porzingis-Aaron Gordon mix. Um, you know, he, he's yeah. a tough matchup yeah. just because – he can post inside, so if you put a you know a smaller player on him, he's gonna post you. But man, he's got some real perimeter skills. Um, really fun to watch um, there. So I think that's a great pick. I think he's yeah. really fun to watch, and he's been really consistent in all of their games uh, so far. Yeah, he's he's gotten off to a great start. So what about what about you, Luki? Who's your pick for, for yeah. the impressive? Um, so surprisingly, far? I'm gonna go with a point guard. Uh, another one in the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve's loaded with. Typical. With uh, freshmen, uh, or with point guards, I should say. Um, and and Jawan won the Big 12 Freshman of the Year last year despite uh, being injured and missing the final nine games. Um, he's extremely efficient. Um, they haven't played great competition yet. Uh, they beat UConn in Maui last night. Um, they're about to tip off here um, with UNC. So we'll really get a better picture of him. But so far, he's averaging uh, 26 points, 6 assists, Shooting 53% from the floor um, and three and a half steals, um, but like I said, their team has scored over 98 points in every single game so far. So they haven't played great competition, mm. um, but he really does remind me of CP3. He has the same build, uh, about six one, real thick, um, can shoot it from deep, but really runs the team uh, really well. And so he's a uh, been a really fun one to watch for me. Um, just love the style of play, um, and we'll see um, as they play UNC and hopefully advance um, in Maui. Uh, we'll see how he goes. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Absolutely, oh, yeah. be, that'll be exciting. Um, and so I guess we're going to now. That was uh, most impressive player. So now, who are our most impressive teams? Um, Ryan, you want to start us off here? Sure. Yeah, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stick with. Um, Arizona on this one um, they I don't know just for for me with this one I mean it, it all started with the Michigan State game they were I think they were down something like 17 to 2 or something like that yeah. like they got off to a super super slow start in that game um, and they came back and won um, they, they had a lot of grit a lot of determination um, and and beating Michigan State I feel like was a really good win for them to start off with um, along with the big fella, Kobe Simmons, he's been he's been playing great. Um, he's another freshman. I th- he's very impressive to me. Um, they're they're a young team, and I think that's why you know Drew, you talked about this in episode one. That's why you kind of projected them to underperform. They're they're very young. They don't have a lot of depth. They don't they don't go very deep on the bench. They're they're playing, you know, their starters a lot of minutes. Um, but. I think they're off to they're off to a better start than what what yeah. we all thought. Um, yeah, absolutely. The, I definitely didn't project them to, to do this. The the win against Michigan State was great. Um, their next three games, I, I can't even remember who they played. They haven't they haven't really played anybody significant, um, but they've won pretty easily. It's all been double digit victories. So yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where they go um, this season. But I'm pretty impressed with them. Yeah, so far. I, I think so, they're impressive with, so far. I, I'm still wary of them going forward like drew mentioned last episode with with the depth long term once you get into conference play um you know they're still thin at guard they really need trier and uh i don't know if he's going to come back and they did struggle last night with northern colorado they were down for much of the first half um and like you said they ended up pulling away for a 15 point win or so um but they struggled a little bit but i think so far they've been very oppressive We'll, we'll see if they can keep this up i'm a little skeptical 
I think Michigan State's pretty bad right now. Um, but that was a very gritty, gritty win by Arizona uh, to start the season uh, on a big stage. Yeah. Uh, Drew, how about it you? Yeah, I've got to kind of stick with these teams that are beating Michigan State. Maybe we're just picking on the little guy. I don't know. But uh, I, I love Kentucky right now. I love Kentucky. They're full of young talent, obviously. Uh, but their defense is phenomenal year in and year out. I don't know how Kyle Parry does it if they just have the most athletic guys on the court year in and year out. But their defense has been phenomenal. Uh, they're so tough to score on. They're big. They're long. They're athletic. Um but they're so exciting to watch. I think Isaiah Briscoe has been very impressive. He's a guy that you know can't shoot at all. You take it outside of ten feet, the guy the guy can't hit anything. He could hit in the ocean with a beach ball if he tried. Uh, but somehow he finds a way to score. He's great at going to the basket, finishing. He's hitting free throws this year, which is impressive. And then the freshman to follow him up, Malik Monk, scored 15 points a game. He's been shooting really well. You've got De'Aaron Fox, who's been a great point guard. John Wall trying to make the comparison of DeAndre Fox to himself. I'm not going to go that far, but I think DeAndre Fox has been really good. I think he's got great potential. You've got Bam Adebayo, who's just this really big body. He can't score that well, but he's rebounding, and he's playing defense. He's doing his job. I think the one weakness this team could have is shooting long run. But if Derek Willis ever gets over that hangover from this summer and pulls his head out of his butt and, and starts shooting well again, they're they're really lethal. He's averaging five and a half points and three rebounds. Uh, he's just been really bad. Like I said, he's probably still yeah, hungover. But did I yeah, that? you did. Okay, just but sure. if he but if he ever gets over that, the Kentucky team is going to be really good. You know, Joe Lenardi in his first. Uh, bracketology projections so early, but he's got he's got Kentucky as the overall one seed, and I'm right there with him. I think they're going to be really good. They've been impressive. You forgot you forgot to mention Brad Calipari, <laughs> freshman guard. <laughs> he's got a little PT. He has. He I has. Think, I think you I think you were leaving him off off your list. So we'll 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 watch these next couple games. You can talk about him next episode. Yeah, he's my impressive player next episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think. What do you? I think I'm concerned a little bit just. With their shooting, like you said, I, you know when Monk's on, he's really good, but they don't have much shooting other than that. And uh, just with one shooter in this day and age, is tough. Um, so we'll see. I mean, their jerseys really bother me too. I, I think wife beaters should be another change <laughs> that should be outlawed. That that uh, you know these Nike jerseys should not be allowed to be that thin up top. Um, but that's mm. you know I digress. Um, I think another thing that worries, but me. I, I, but I think they did it last year with only one shooter, right? I mean, they were pretty, they were pretty darn good last year, and they only yeah, had one shooter. Murray, Murray, Murray carried them, so um, yeah, yeah. We'll see. It'll be interesting. I, I think Drew, what concerns me um, about Kentucky is the SEC is really down, and they've had some good wins, but I don't, you know, they they have a lot of undefeated teams so far, but not a lot of great wins yet on the big stage. And I, I just think the the SEC is as bad as it's been in a while, and I I wonder if them not getting tested in, in January and February is really going to come back to bite them long run. How do you feel about that, Drew? Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I think that's one of the biggest concerns about this Kentucky team is that once they hit conference play, they don't play anybody. It's a freaking cakewalk. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see them go undefeated in the conference. Um, I'm sure they pick up one or two losses, but just overall, you can't have a team full of freshmen that don't get tested and then turn around and try to play in March. You know, the most valuable games for them are going to be here in these first four weeks, and I just don't know if that's valuable in the long run of these kids. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be uh, interesting to watch. Um, so for my team, I think Creighton. Creighton has been uh, 
I think the hottest team. The mid majors. Yes, you, you know I'm always going to go with, with a little guy, um, and so Creighton with an unbelievable win over number nine Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin's looked really good um, and played well that game. Uh, Caning and uh, Nigel Hayes have looked good, and they had a, you know have advanced to the finals in Maui now with a win over, impressive win over Georgetown. Um, but Creighton, if if Nigel Hayes was getting paid, they would have won that game. Absolutely, just no doubt about it. Um, but no, they have played probably the toughest schedule so far, um, as far as just every team they've played is, um, you know, respectable. Uh, they've played Wisconsin, like I said, they beat Washington State, they've beat a solid Ole Miss team, um, came back to win last night, and then an NC State team with Dennis Smith, the stud freshman. So Creighton is really scoring. Um, they've scored. A ton of points. Um, they're about to have a little easier stretch coming up, so they, they should win quite a few uh, in a row coming up, and then they'll get into the Big, Big East, which is looking uh, really tough. But I'd like to point out uh, Mo Watson, a senior point guard who had 17 and 10 assists against uh, Wisconsin, just played really well. He, he hit all those free throws down the stretch. Uh, he's just a tough leader, kind of like a poor man's Frank Mason, I'd say. Um, and then Marcus Foster, the transfer from Kansas State, uh, who sat out last year. Um, he averaged 14 a game at Kansas State over his first two years, um, and he can really shoot it. Um, and they've got several, you know, serviceable bigs inside. And so I think they'll contend with Xavier for the Big East uh, title in a, in a stacked conference this year. So I think Creighton's been really fun to watch. Um, Daddy Doug um, coaching him up. Um, so, <laughs> gotta love the mid-major. Um, so yeah, Creighton's my team. Yeah, I absolutely love it. So I think I love it. I love been it. A, several other teams though. I think I think I've impressed. I think uh, UCLA's put up some points. They haven't really played anybody. Um, I think Villanova's gone kind of under the radar with a huge win at Purdue, um, and and they're gonna, you know, they'll probably win the Big East. Uh, I failed to mention them previously, but you know, Creighton and Xavier will be right there with them. Uh, Indiana, like we said, has looked really good. James Blackman's been very efficient. Uh, they play UNC. We'll pick that game in a little bit in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And I think no one's really talking because their expectations were so high. But what Duke has done to me has been really remarkable. They did lose to Can- Kansas in a heartbreaker. Uh, but they've beaten a solid Penn State and a really solid Rhode Island team who's in the top 25. Um, and they don't have you know three lottery picks right now which you know, ESPN has talked about more during their games than the actual game. Um, but I think Duke has been so impressive without those players. And you know, Grayson's been beat up. Jeter went down. They've been so beat up. They've played six players, which is, I mean, just so hard to do. Um, I don't think they could keep that up, but they've looked really solid um, so far. So those are some of the... Yeah, I agree. You get those young guys back, and they're going to be yeah, lethal. it's going to be scary. Um with that back, I mean, Luke Kennard may be that most underrated player. He's just so fun to watch. I love his stroke. He can score at all three levels. I feel like, as far as comparisons, I love the Manu Ginobili comparison yeah. there. He's crafty. He's an unpredictable lefty that can yeah. shoot it, <laughs> can score different ways. Yeah, I love it. He's so fun to watch, and I think basketball purists are really catching on and really loving to watch him play this season. Um, as he's not been talked about all off season. Um, compared to the rest of their their players, so he's really carried them when when Grayson has played a little bit uh, poorly and inefficiently. All right, so those are kind of our stud teams that have played uh, great so far. Uh, Ryan, who are the, who's your team that has not played? Who has kind of disappointed so far in the season? 
I mean, kind of just to stay along the lines of what we've already talked about. Um, I mean, I don't know if necessarily disappointed is the right word for it, but I mean, Michigan State's kind of off to a slow start. Um, lost to Arizona by two. Lost to Kentucky big. Um, they're two and two, but I mean, I feel like they've had a pretty tough start just with the games that they've played. Um, they're a super young team. Um, and, you know, like Luke touched on earlier, uh, Miles Bridges struggling against Kentucky. Couldn't get going. Um, he had a great game against Arizona. Um, but just, you know, he's kind of streaky right now. He's got to get into his groove, get consistent, find his role within the team. You know, just just keep keep getting comfortable with the college game now. Um, and so, you know, again, like Luke was saying, they got a tough battle coming up. Um, they're in the battle for Atlantis over Thanksgiving. They're playing St. John's. Um, and then the winner of Baylor VCU. And so, I mean, it's not it's not going to be easy for them. And then, you know, end of November, uh, they're playing Duke. Um, so it's 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 going to be tough for them. They're they're super young. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where they go. But they've they've definitely kind of underperformed with, you know, the hype coming into this season, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you've got to give hats off to, to Izzo, I mean, for scheduling these type of games, uh, for putting his guys out there and really throwing them in the fire. But their guard play has really been suspect for me. I know inside with Gavin Schilling being injured, they'll get some help when he comes back there. Um, but their guard yeah. play is tum-tum there. I mean, they just don't really have any shooting out there uh, at the point guard position. Uh, just really unproven and just not really good enough, in my opinion, uh, to win a bunch of games in the Big Ten. So, you know, I, I know they're playing a really tough schedule and getting beat up, and hopefully they'll get better. I would love to see them improve, but... For me, I'm really skeptical on this team right now. I think they've showed a lot of flaws. Um, but I think Bridges will improve and get more consistent. You know, he's really good in that pick and pop. He's tough to guard. Um, he's just a matchup nightmare. Um, Drew, yeah. how about you? Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah, I'm going with Oregon here. And I know they're kind of been put in a tough spot. But I'm just looking. They were the preseason number five team in the nation. They were ranked number five coming in. And they're 2-2 two and two right now. You look at they have four starters back from an Elite Eight run last year. They're trying to recover from Elgin Cook moving on, and they've had Dylan Brooks hurt. But they got clobbered by Baylor, and then they lost to Georgetown. And I'm looking at those teams, and I'm thinking this Oregon team should have won both of those games. Even with Dylan Brooks out, even replacing Elgin Cook, I still believe if you look at this Oregon team top to bottom that they're better than these teams. So I think they've vastly underperformed. Dylan Cook came back this, or I'm sorry, Dylan Brooks came back this last game, played limited minutes. He looked pretty good as far as his production in those minutes. I think long term they're going to be good. They're going to make a run late. I think come March they're going to be uh, a lethal team. They're going to be a team that could really do some damage in the tournament. But if I'm looking at the season thus far, with their four games in, sitting two and two. Probably not ranked when the rankings come out next week. I I just don't see them um, performing to what they should be at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, obviously people are going to point to the Brooks injury. You know, they've got a lot of other, other talent on that team. And, and today, you know, Brooks played well. He had a huge three to win the game. But, you know, they, it took him overtime to beat Tennessee today to avoid being, you know, one and three. So, um, yeah, they haven't looked great. Baylor really beat him down without Dylan Brooks. Uh, it'll be interesting. Like you said, I, I, I see this team improving um, and being just fine in March, but they, they have a long way to go. I, I was expecting them to play better with a senior-laden team. Um, so for myself – Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Lukey, who are you thinking? 
so I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna put it out there. I like to say bold things. I'm gonna say Kansas, and I know they've only lost one game. Uh, it's a great Indiana team um, who has looked really good, um, but to me, that win over Duke was a, still a good win. Duke's still a top 15 team, I would say, with the team they have out there right now. Um, but and maybe it's the travel. They went all the way to you know Maui and all the way to you know or to Honolulu and then all the way to New York. Mm-hmm. I know they've been traveling a lot, but um, I just don't think I think they've showed a lot of weaknesses. We knew their guard play would re- be really good, and that hasn't disappointed at all. I mean, like we said, Graham and Frank Mason have been unbelievable. Josh Jackson's looked a little rough, but um, played good against UAB last night. Is just uh, a really tough defender and really does you know takes them to another level. But inside, I mean, they are not the typical Bill Self team. I still think they're going to win the Big 12. Um, I don't see too many challengers. I don't ever believe in West Virginia, their style of play. They can't win on the road. Um, but Bragg and Landon Lucas, just look, they can't score at all. They've been fouling a ton. Um, and they just look not like, you know, upperclassmen that we expected just, you know, next man up, um, kind of big man my committee, neck, you know, whoever's in Bill, Bill Self's system is going to gonna thrive. And they really have disappointed. And you can tell Self is not happy with Lucas. He's been really uh, upset with Landon Lucas. Um, and then uh, I love Azabuke. I mean, he's huge. When I see him, he looks like exactly like Dakari Johnson to me from Kentucky a few years back. Just a huge body. And somehow, you know, he's supposedly 17 years old. But he's really still adjusting to the game. He's fa- he's fouling a ton. Um, you know, and he doesn't really know how to score. He doesn't have a plan. You can tell he's always just been so much bigger than everyone. Um, but he's huge. I think by March he's going to be much better. But still, that really concerns me. I think this team can make a, you know, a long run because obviously guards are the most important um, part of any team, um, as we all know. But inside <laughs> is still, you know, occasionally important. You do need decent players there, um, and so. I'm a little concerned uh, with Kansas. Um, one one other team I do want to mention, the kind of the obvious pick would have been UConn. They're 2-3 and three on the year. Um, they lost to Wagner, who's a solid mid-major uh, and could win their league. But Northeastern and then Oklahoma State last night beat them real easily. And then we're on the ropes today against Chaminade uh, in Maui, the Division II team that hosts that tournament every mm-hmm. year. I know Altariq Gilbert's been hurt, and Terry Larrier, uh, you know, just went down in Maui. But, man, this team has not looked impressive. Brema just can't score inside, and they're really weak inside. Um, so maybe post players are valuable. And um, you, you'd, you'd be, you'd be surprised. You know, we'll see. But uh, UConn, We can get a few things done. UConn has really uh, struggled so far. We'll see if they can figure it out. Ryan's pick in the American Cincinnati as a sleeper team has looked really good. And uh, I don't see UConn beating Cincinnati. Um, it looks like an uphill battle for uh, the Huskies going forward. Um, so, moving forward. Yeah, with that, do you want to, Luke, why don't you give us the preview of the upcoming games that the, um, the listeners need to tune yeah, into? Yeah, so we're going to talk about some of these tournaments that are going on right now. Uh, we're kind of the, the Thanksgiving tournaments. You know, Maui has been really fun so far with some great teams. Uh, Wisconsin just knocked off Georgetown. UNC and Oklahoma State are, are squaring off in that other semifinal game right now. Um, and Juwan Evans. But o- o- UNC has really looked strong to me as well as Wisconsin. Uh, kind of who do you all like real quick uh, in Maui? 
to take that tournament title home. I like North Carolina. I think they're battle-tested as far as last year and their run. I think they're hungry. They're out to prove themselves. I think they're going to be really tough to beat. Obviously, Ryan choosing them not to make the dance is probably going to take a different stance. <laughs> but uh, I really like them. I think that they're going to be good. Um, I think all year long they're going to be strong. Yeah, I am. I'm going to I'm gonna take uh, Wisconsin coming out of that tournament. Um, I just think think they look, they're looking good. They're, they're going to get off to a hot start. So we'll just see how it goes. Um, Bronson Koenig has been yeah, really good. I yeah. will say that he's been he's been very they, strong. They've just been tough. Um, he looks like a veteran. They've been tough. I mean, they they're, they just killed Georgetown in the glass. So physical, play so well together. Senior laden team. I think uh, that's probably a, a lot farther ahead than a lot of teams right now. I don't think they'll improve that much just because uh, their players are so experienced. Uh, that's gonna be a tough battle. I, you know, I think uh, that's a toss up. I, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Wisconsin with this one. I'll go with Ryan here. Uh, hard over height, and we'll go with the Badgers. Um, all right, so another another big one that's going to kick off tomorrow down in the Bahamas, uh, the Battle for Atlantis. Um, there's some great teams there. I think a Louisville team that has kind of gone under the radar. They haven't they haven't played anybody either, but they've played really well. Uh, Wichita State is always solid and has kind of impressed despite losing their backcourt from last year. Uh, Greg Marshall's a great coach. Uh, Baylor who beat Oregon handily, as we mentioned, uh, VCU, whose style is also always hard to play against, and then Michigan State. So that starts um, Wednesday. Who do you all kind of like coming out of that field? Uh, Ryan, you start us there. I love – yeah, go ahead. I mean, I kind of want to go with Michigan State, but I think I'm going to go with Baylor. Um, I mean, just again, like what we were saying, Michigan State has just kind of gone off to a slow start. They're young, and, and Baylor's kind of – coming out guns blazing so i think i think baylor's gonna run away with this one yeah i like baylor too here uh you know impressive win over oregon just look at their roster they've got four players that are scoring in double figures right now three players shooting over 40 percent from the three-point line money lacomite uh al freeman <laughs> and here. and joe i'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name but uh they've been impressive they can shoot the ball like crazy i think they're gonna light you up from three and and kind of live and die yeah, by. I mean, it's always tough playing against a team whose jerseys are, are blinding. I mean, they wear that neon that's not even one of their colors. I mean, don't get me off, you know, going here, but, you know, that's a topic for another day. You take day. what you can get. You, you take the advantage I mean, I guess. Get. But I'll, I'll take Louisville here. I think they've got a lot of shot blocking inside. Um, and breaking news right now, this just in, uh, IPFW, also known as Fort Wayne, has defeated the Indiana Hoosiers. Um, wow. 71-68 in overtime. Uh, led for much oh of the boy. game. Um, I do want to toot my own horn here. Um, Indiana still has looked very good on the season. Um, I'm not going to say anymore that they aren't going to make the tournament. But that's a big loss to a team that none of us have ever seen play, let's be honest. Not going to act like I've heard of them. Um, so that's pretty shocking. Uh, makes me feel a little bit good right there. Um, but I digress. <laughs> um, so we got the uh, the final tournament that we'll talk about here is the Advocare Invitational. Um, you've got you know Iowa State led by Monty Morris, the senior point guard who's been unbelievable, Player of the Year, first team All American candidate. Uh, Miami Hurricanes, Stanford who's looked really good with Reed Travis and you know new coach Jared Haas uh, with a win in China over Harvard. Uh, Gonzaga, who just beat San Diego State, uh, and is all, always tough. 
Seton Hall team in the Big East, and then Florida, who's looked pretty solid uh, so far. Drew, who do you like in this field? Yeah, I'm going to be a homer here, mainly because these four teams, are there's a lot of unknown to them. I honestly don't know much in depth about any one of them, but I'm going to take Florida here. Um, living down south in the SEC country, I'm taking Florida because I hope that they're going to be a lot stronger than what we're projecting them to be. Great analysis there. Thank you, <laughs> Ryan. Who do you got? I'm gonna I'm gonna go opposite. Um, again, like Drew said, I don't know a ton about these teams, um, but just from looking at some stuff on Iowa State right now, that's what I'm gonna go with. Cyclones. Um, they're they're they're. Wait, aren't you a Hawkeyes fan? That's neither yeah, here nor there. Keeping it professional. I'm just, I'm just out here trying to make some right that's picks. Right. So that's, that's why you're two and zero. The first three, first three games, they haven't really played anybody, but they are just blowing teams out. So I assume that they're just gonna gonna be be guns blazing, running, gunning, trying to put up points. So that's who I'm taking in this one. We'll see what happens. But but Lukey, what do you I got? I got the Zags. I just love Mark Few the the way they play. They're they're just so big inside, um, and they're always just tough physical team. Uh, lots of experience, can shoot it, so skilled, play well together. Uh, I have heard some interviews with Mark Few from the offseason, just how his team is meshed um, in the offseason. I uh, really like what he does every year. And I don't think this is a great field. I think it's a bunch of a bunch of solid bubble-level teams. Um, and, but I think Gonzaga um, is the only team in there that could make a run. Do like Iowa State, Monty Morris, great point guard. Um, but I'll take the Zags here. Um, all about those point all guards. About the point guards, but they are big, big inside as well. Yeah, yeah, the, they got a big guy. They got yeah, Karnowski, Karnowski in the middle for Gonzaga. He's, so, um, yeah, yeah, Gonzaga, Gonzaga is really good. Um, so I'll go with the Zags. Um, one other game, um, kind of off the record pick that we won't won't necessarily track unless Ryan misses it. Um, we'll go with Louisville and Purdue. <laughs> What's uh, new on? Uh, November 30th at the end of the month here. Just real quick, Louisville versus Purdue. Who you got, Drew? Purdue. <laughs> what, you is that your pick, Ryan? Yeah, it was going to be my pick. And, I, and last time, picking against you guys worked so well, so I don't want to pick with you guys anymore. But I'm going to stick with you. I like Purdue. Yeah, they're big inside. Isaac Haas from Hoax Bluff, Alabama, um, the seven-footer. Shout out. Yes. Shout out, Alabama. Right. Um has been really solid inside. He's so big, so strong. Purdue's always tough. Look for them to go down to uh, against Auburn tomorrow in Mexico. But Purdue has looked strong. Well, and they got, they got, yeah, they got Caleb Swanigan yeah. too. He's averaging a double double right now. He is just a monster. So I, I, I love seeing that. Yeah, I do want to point out that Luke's an Auburn homer no, no, here. No, no. So uh, we're going to catch that, 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 that comment there. Um, but uh, anyway, we're, I'll make it a I'll make it a triple a trifecta here. Uh, I'll go with Purdue oh. because of their big men. I do like their big men inside uh, with Swanigan and Haas. Uh, this is a tough combo to stop. We'll see. It'll be interesting contrast of styles with Louisville's up tempo uh, and Purdue's kind of grinded out style. Um, so oh, yeah. moving in to two games that we're gonna for real pick on the record. Wisconsin Syracuse, November 29th. Who you got, Ryan? Uh, I'm gonna stay in house. I'm gonna stay Big Ten. I like Wisconsin. Ryan's also an Iowa homer. If you haven't caught on to that, you'll hear plenty of Big Ten 
references from yeah, that big guy. I got to stick up to the two SEC clowns over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to stick with Wisconsin as well. I think they've got okay, a lot of. <laughs> okay, you're going to bash the Big Ten and then pick Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to mark that down. Okay, okay. No, I think they've got a lot of veteran leadership. I think Nigel Hayes was getting paid to play. They might go undefeated this year. <laughs> okay. Um, reference episode one for me. He can't. He can't drop the fact that he lost the debate in the first episode. <laughs> By the way, if you haven't listened to it, go back, listen to it, subscribe on, on iTunes. Right. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, tweet at us. Tweet your questions. Uh, what, what do you want to hear on the next episode? Send it to us on Twitter. Uh, like our tweets. Retweet us. But back to the topic here. I'm taking Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, they're going to be good. Uh, yeah, I love Wisconsin's toughness. You know, I picked them uh, earlier in the show. But uh, and they've looked good, and um, they'll they'll put a good test of UNC tomorrow um, in the finals if UNC advances. But I like Syracuse here. I, I don't think anyone's talked about Syracuse. They've kind of flown under the radar like Louisville by not playing anyone yet. But they are so long this year. Uh, everybody's over six four, six five. Um, they don't even have one short guy this year, um, which I'm kind of you know mad about. But um, uh, Andrew White the third, the transfer uh, from Nebraska. Has been really, really good. I mean, he's been one of the best grad transfers out there on the market. Um, and they got him. And then Tyler Lydon on the wing. He's just a great stretch for. Uh, love the way he plays. He's really tough. He could be a lottery pick uh, if he plays well this season. So I'm going to take Syracuse there. Go against y'all here. Um, so, mm. But those two really tough teams who I think we could see in the Sweet 16, um, you know, in April, in March and April. So, um, And then our second mm. pick... UCLA, who we haven't seen much of, but has put up a ton of points. Not really been tested. Against UK, who has been tested a lot. Uh, Ryan, you go first here. Uh, I mean, I feel like we're all going to be picking the same thing. Um, I got to go with Kentucky. They're just too dominant to, to pick against them right now. haven't seen um, um, anything that's going to sway me to, to pick UCLA. So that's who I got. What, what do you think, Drewby? Yeah, of course, I like Kentucky as well. They're my team that is impressed. Um, I'm an SC homer, my wife from Lexington. I'm going to pick UK here. Uh, was it two years ago that we watched this game? We were The three of us were in California at Santa Cruz. We watched this game, and I think UCLA scored, what, six points in the first half? I think half? it was like 40 to six Nine points? <laughs> yeah. Something around there. Yeah. I, I, not – I'm not calling a repeat of that, but I'm calling something really close. I think Kentucky's defense has been really good. I think UCLA is untested. I think they're going to have a real hard time scoring. Um, Yeah, I was thinking about that. I think it's going to be a large margin here. I was thinking about that game earlier today when we were, you know, when I was thinking about who was going to pick in this one. You know, we've got, it's still two weeks before this game. It's not till 12 3, and we even could have an episode coming out before that, but. I think this UCLA team, although they are unproven, I really like Lonzo Ball and Bryce Alford. Um, I really like their backcourt. I think they can put up points. I don't think they're going to be held to six points in the first half. Um, and I I just am not sold on this Kentucky team yet. You know, I think they're, they're really good. Uh, they're really good defensively. But I'm just not trusting their shooting yet. Um, and all that being said, I'm going to go with Kentucky, but I think it will be close. Um <laughs> I think it will be close. I'm not sold on Kentucky. I think UCLA is pretty solid. Uh, and we'll give, you know, the Pac-12 a run for its money at the top. Um, mm. But I'm going to go with Kentucky here. So, 
That being said, mark it Here down. We, we all picked Kentucky. I picked Syracuse. Y'all picked Wisconsin. We'll see in a couple weeks how we did. A lot can change before then. Hope it's exciting. Hope y'all are wrong. Um, and let's move into our favorite and final the portion of every show, the Marshall Henderson Squid of the Week. Uh, tweet us your nominees for next episode's Marshall Henderson Squid of the Week at SML Hoops. Uh, we've had some good nominees coming in this week. Um, this week, I'm going to go with two, dare, dare I say it. First, I'm going to go with Amari Stoudemire. Um, if y'all do not know, he's playing in Israel. Um, kind of, he's retired, but playing over there. Uh, and he he wears the rec specs, um, as we know from his eye, eye problems. And uh, he had a problem with a call that the ref made the other day. So he, he took him off and tried to hand him to the ref, tried to put him on the ref. Mm. Um, pretty mm. classy move by Amari. I think Marshall would be very proud. Um, p- kind of playing, Absolutely. playing in the same uh, portion of of the of the globe there. Um, so uh, yeah, Amari Stoudemire for my first one, and my second one. Got to do this to make Ryan happy. Austin Nichols from Virginia getting booted for a violation of team rules. It hasn't come out yet. Um, Ryan does not know this yet, but we found some great footage of Austin Nichols. Uh, working Ryan in high school. We're going to be tweeting it out. Uh, look for that. <laughs> it's going to be hot fire. So look for that. It's a great chance for Austin Nichols to get some pub um, when his, his rep's a little down right now. So maybe he can watch that video and feel better about himself. Those are my double whammy squid of the week, Amari and Austin Nichols. I'm going to go with my squid of the week. Keep it in college basketball. Bill Walton. Dude is an absolute bonehead. Yes. He he cannot keep my attention. On, well, he can, but he he doesn't teach me anything about basketball when I when he announces games. Um there was pictures of him at in Hawaii. <laughs> he's you know, wearing his sunglasses inside because <laughs> he's probably stoned out of his mind. Oh gosh. He's He's wearing these little shorts and he's got socks pulled up to his knees. I just I can't I can't handle it. Get this dude off my TV. I I, I don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> can't do it. So that is my Marshall Henderson squid of the week favorite yeah, topic. Yeah, let, let us know how bad you think Ryan got worked in this video. We're about to tweet out. It's good stuff. Um, love to make fun of Ryan. So this is some good material. Uh, let us know what you think. Give us five stars on iTunes. Subscribe. It'll be automatically in your, you know, podcast app if you subscribe. Um, so yeah, Ryan, take it home. Yeah, like Luke said, just just let us know what we're what we're doing, what y'all want to hear about, um, any recommendations, how we can improve this podcast to tailor to our listeners' needs. We're all about the listener here. We're all about you guys. Um, right. Let us know. Shoot us your picks too. If we pick something you guys disagree with. Let us know. Let us know why. Give us some reasons. We we're, we always want feedback. Want to know what the listeners think. Um, and so with that, I think uh, I think that about wraps it up. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Share it on uh, on Twitter. All that good stuff. And um, just keep living on. Go Cubs. Go.